As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's been burying its face in movies like Their Cocaine and We're Tony Montana, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's more important to me than an entire box of award screeners. It's Andrew Ormsby. <laughs> hey! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Well, at least this year's screeners. If Hello, it was like Andrew. If it was like 2017 screeners, I would understand if, they no, were, no, no, if no. that box was no, more no, important. No, no, no. The screeners are... Secondary to you, my friend. Aww. Then comes my family. Then comes no, I'm just kidding. But uh, but yeah, no, you're 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 more important than you know. Yeah, cardboard and plastic and visual media. I don't know. We had some good ones this year. Teasing the show mm-hmm. later. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is our annual cramming session. Welcome to our annual cramming session. We're gonna have a good time. <laughs> it um, sounds fun, but honestly, it's it's daunting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this For, is from a spoiled perspective. Exactly, it's it's first world problems. The definition of first world problems, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Uh, there, yeah, there's some stress to it. There's some, you know, you want to make sure you're giving all of these movies a chance. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, counted up. I think a couple dozen movies I've watched in a week. You know, and when you're watching four movies back to back to back to back. It is, it is kind of tiring, right? It's exhausting. Yeah. Now, thankfully, we love what we do, 
right? Yeah. So, you know, it's not like, you know, uh, working the factory floor. It's yeah. not like doing manual labor. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, cleaning up, you know, the restroom after the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's it's fun work. I so think they I'm just burned down the stadium after the Super Bowl. I think that's just more <laughs> saying. That's just the rules. <laughs> I will say this. I would have got through so many more screeners if Scorsese hadn't made the Irishman 15 <laughs> hours long. So uh, you can blame Martin on that one. Thanks. Yeah, that counts as two movies. Yeah, thanks, Marty. Uh, that counts as two. Um, yeah, it's overall, though, that was really the only super long one. I mean, there's several in the two to two and a half range. That's, you know, I think that's par for the course nowadays, mm-hmm. especially yeah. during award season. Yeah. Like, how long was Infinity War? Three hours? Three and a half hours? Something like that? Infinity War wasn't that long, was it? Or no, Endgame, I mean, Endgame. I think Endgame was, like, just over two, like, 245? Something like that? For some reason, I thought it was longer. Um, We can look it up. But uh, I know the new Star Wars movie's coming out at about two and a half, somewhere in that range. So. Yeah, I think it's fine. We it didn't get a screener for that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're not going to hand out screeners for Star Wars or Marvel movies. I guess. I guess I should mention uh, up top. We will be covering all the ones I managed to see. Uh, there are lots of them. Some of them Andrew managed to see as well. Yep. Some of them he did not. So it'll kind of be kind of back and forth on you know uh, Andrew playing the role of asking the question of questions of someone who hasn't seen it versus yep. actually kind of chiming in. Uh, none of these will be full reviews. We're not doing full reviews today. We're just giving kind of preliminary thoughts you know like it love it kind of stuff. Yeah. We will do full reviews of a few of the movies even we're talking about today uh, later on. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned 1917 will probably want to do a full review on when it comes out yeah uh what was the other one uncut Uncut gems i think we'll probably want to do a full review on probably Uh, jojo rabbit too we could probably do a double week on jojo rabbit and throw jojo rabbit in there or maybe we just spend a little extra time on jojo today since it's already been out for a while okay you know maybe i'm all right with that yeah yeah kind of since we've both seen it yeah we can kind of make that you know an unofficial review going on i today. know the people have been really yes. wanting that jojo yeah. rabbit review yeah uh in the chat they're saying endgame was 301 oh, okay just over three hours long so um we will trust them on that yeah. uh and then no uh, reason not to uh marriage story was the other one i mentioned we'd probably do a full review on um at some point which is out on netflix now by the way, just dropped on oh, Netflix. Really? Yeah. So, okay. Well, no ex- there we go. No excuses. It's not even three hours and 45 minutes long. You know, right. you, you, you can bite it off in one sitting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's going to be what's going on today. That's kind of, uh, you know, where my brain is at. It's kind of mush. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. My brain is kind of mush right now. I turned in my nominations yesterday. Uh, really? Yesterday was the nomination deadline, so I got through everything uh, that I, I felt like I needed to get through yesterday. Anything um, that you can tease that you just feel like you regret you didn't have time to see that you think might It's a have. great question. Um, I No, there's nothing, there's nothing I regret that I didn't get to see. I think I do a pretty good job of mapping it out, figuring out what I need to see. There are still some that I'm going to see. You mentioned Star Wars. That could still make my end-of-year list. I'm guessing it probably will. You know, yeah. I do a 41 list, and it's not been a stellar year in movies. So, you know, I'm guessing Star Wars will be on there. The new Jumanji. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. They're, you know, they're not pushing for awards for that. No. Um, uh, Spies in Disguise. I didn't get around to seeing it yet, but I will. 
Um, so let's see what else is still to come. Cats. They didn't send an award screener for cats. So <sighs> you dodged a bullet there. You know, I used to whatever. I mean, it could be great. Oh yeah, you like musicals. I, I do so. like musicals. Yeah. Um, here's the thing that's weird about that. Like when they were putting that movie together, I guarantee you they were thinking award season. Like they're thinking, hey, this could be a big that's awards Hooper, push. Isn't it? Yeah. And Hooper loves the and, awards. And they're not even they're not even pushing, man. So it was one of three screeners that I didn't get of movies um, that that I would think could be in the awards conversation: Star Wars, yeah, Cats, and Hidden Life. Terrence Malick's new film, uh, Hidden Life, um, was the third of those. So it's kind of interesting to me to see like what ones don't show up, yeah, in that kind of thing. Do you think? So, do you does that make you hesitant moving forward with cats? Like, oh, maybe they realize they don't have anything here. Or no, you, you don't think about that. No, I mean, I, I as far as awards go, yeah. sure, obviously, if they don't, if they're not pushing for awards, then I'm not thinking of it as awards movie. But as far as a movie goes, no, I'll go sit in the seat and I'll, you know, have a good time or not have a good time, yeah. then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Sorry, James Corden. You're not worthy of awards this year, apparently. <laughs> apparently not. Or anybody like Taylor Swift or... Uh, well, well, she won, Jennifer's like... the the one that I was thinking would be the most, like, pushed for. Like, you know, she actually has awards, you know, before Jennifer Hudson. Oh. Um, that's her name, right? About, Jennifer I thought, Hudson I thought you were talking about Taylor Swift. No, like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm trying to think, what? I know she won, like, greatest performer of all time or whatever the musical Tay-Tay did Tay-Tay yes yeah yeah nice uh so that's pretty much going to be the show today we'll also do some buried treasure at the end so you know yeah. make sure you're hanging out for that uh and we'll also kick it off with some do we care hey, every <laughs> single week i scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world i pick some topics for us to discuss and we must decide do we care or not. Number one. Oh, by the way, we're, yeah. I figured since we're having a pretty jam-packed show, only two this week. That's fine. Yeah. Number one, Disney is already thinking about relaunching the Planet of the Apes franchise. Uh, it's always Disney, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, now that they own it. Yeah. Um, that they would think about, you know, making money off of it. They do a good job at that. Money. I will also say Disney, for the most part, for me, and I know everybody's not like this, uh, Disney, I think, does a great job at finding that balance of milking a property for money, but also making good content. Yeah. You know, I in I respect that. I feel like they put a, a decent amount of thought into their art. Now, having said that, we just came through Frozen 2, which I think is an example of the wrong side of the spectrum. Yeah. I think Frozen 2 feels like a cash grab. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's fine. It's a perfectly fine movie. I actually enjoyed it more than Andrew did, I think. Well, yeah, that's, had, that's expected. I had a good time with it. I liked the music, all that kind of stuff. Um, but... If that's where the needle is starting to turn, I, you know, like I'm starting to pay attention where it's like, okay, you know, so far when you've done Toy Story 3 or Toy Story 4 yeah. or even Finding Dory or whatever, I've been like, oh, this is a really good movie yeah. and you're making money. Or Incredibles 2 is a great example. Yeah, there you go. Great movie. But then you're, Frozen you're 2. Mil- you're milking your property for more money, yeah. but you also made a great film. So Lion King and Frozen 2. Yeah, not so much. Aladdin, I enjoyed it. I know? liked Aladdin. I had, I had a good time. I was surprised it, so. by Aladdin. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hit or miss, and we're seeing more of the misses, I think 
think, with Disney than we have in the past. But they're also yeah. shooting more shots because they've got the money and the properties to do so now. It so. makes me wonder, like, if I've had blinders on. Like, if I've just been so enamored with, like, the relaunches, if I were to go back and watch some of those movies, I would think, you know, post, you know... <laughs> just joy of brand new content that I'm like, oh, maybe it's not as good as I remember, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I look at like, um, uh, you know, the Star Wars stuff, the new Star Wars stuff I think is really good too. So, yeah. you know, it's I, I, I'm still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do like this property. I think there's more content to mine here. I, I especially the latest trilogy I thought was really good. Yeah. So if they're playing off that, if they're doing some kind of like, you know, in between that and, you know, what we saw in the originals, that is fun yeah. to me, interesting yeah. to me. Bring from, it on. From I what say bring I it on. get, the, uh, they are, uh, sinuses are acting up, sorry. No they worries. are completely rebooting it. So the whole Andy Circus thing is like being left behind and they're starting over. From what I understand. That is not what I understood. But yeah. again, we're we're a ways off and they can yeah. change their mind and do anything they want to do. Yeah. I hope they don't leave that hole. Uh, I think that would be a mistake. I think yeah. people are connected to that. I think it, it makes sense as a larger story. I know Caesar's story is over, you know, but still, like, there's a plethora of content there that's still... Right. That could be mined. Yeah. By apes. Speak, speaking of uh, Aladdin, is that your other do we care? The Aladdin news? Did you put that in there? Because we can talk about it if you didn't. I mean, uh, I thought about putting it in there, but it, okay, so it's pretty controversial. Uh, Billy, is it Mad Magnuson? Magnuson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his. O- the only white character in the in the movie. He's the only white character in the movie, and he gets a spinoff. And he's getting a spinoff. Yeah. It's a weird announcement to make, especially considering uh, Mina Massad, who plays Aladdin, just yeah. came out talking about how he hasn't, he hasn't even be, been able to get auditions after Aladdin. You know, like he yeah. plays the star in this huge Disney movie. Yeah. And he's just not even getting any auditions. And it's like, it's it's just weird timing, and it's a bad look, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. And, and I like Billy Magnuson. I think he's funny. Yeah. I think he's, he's great in Game Night. Uh, oh, my gosh. He's hilarious in Game he's Night. He's hilarious in other stuff, too. I think Bridge he's funny. Fight Club. I just, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like. What were you thinking when you announced this? You yeah. know, like, do you think somebody lost their job today for just being a big old? Dummy? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's it is interesting. It's fascinating. We'll see where all that goes. But no, the other bit of news is that Daniel Craig has officially announced he is no longer James Bond after this next one comes out. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, the idea that the James Bond films are an expanded universe, and James Bond is just a uh, a name of the agent, and yeah. not the person. How, do you like that theory? I love that theory, except that I've seen a couple things in the movies that, that contradict m- it. that contradict yeah. it. Like, you yeah, know, for sure. In Skyfall, he goes back to the Bond estate, you know, like right. his parents' home. I'm like, oh, well, I guess they just destroyed that theory. But right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do. I've always liked that, you know, because there's parts of it that do make sense. M is somebody who has been like Judy Dench was M for two or three bonds. Right. You know, she was for you no know, two. For Pierce Brosnan and for Daniel Craig. She right. was M. So yeah. I'm okay with uh the theory, but what are your t- what's your take on it? 
Um, I no, it's fun for me to think of it that way. I just like you. I I don't think it bears itself out if you actually watch the material, which is unfortunate. It's a fun little you know headcanon kind of thing, yeah. but it just it doesn't it doesn't really work. And I kind of wish it did. You know, which um, if you really think about it, it's a terrible idea to have. A code name be the right, exact, the exact same. same. So yes. like, the, the word's gonna get out that <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you meet somebody named James Bond, they're an agent. You right. Know? Yeah. So, Don't mess with them. That's yeah. the primary agent. <laughs> yeah, that's like the exact opposite yeah. of what you would learn in spy school. No, it's fine. I'm I'm excited to see who they choose next, and uh, you know, yeah. the Bond movies are always weird for me. Uh, the I mean. Uh, is it? I think it's Skyfall is the only one I think is like for me is a legitimately great film. You know, you don't think Casino Royale? No, I mean it's okay, mm. but but Bond film. But again, this is me talking about sure, kind of my sure. personal reaction to Bond films. Is I just don't I don't connect to the character. Um, the coolness factor of it eludes me a little bit. I just, you know, so it's working best for me when it nails the action. It's working best for me when it nails the story. Um, and the movies in general do those things occasionally, but not consistently. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of why Bond has just kind of missed me in a lot of ways. Like the opening shot of Spectre. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. The opening scene of Spectre is great. Yeah. Should be just its own short film. Well, I think it was a uh, uh, Sam Mendes trying something out for a later project we're going to be talking about. <laughs> You're not lying, man. No. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Well, uh, let's get into it. Um we are going to talk about... Should I count them up? Let's see how many we're going to try to touch on today. One, two, 14? three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four movies. Uh, I must not have gotten the full list then. Cause you got the full list. Did I? Well, I, I updated. I sent two more. Uh, uh, after the fact. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want to see both of those really And I actually bad. took some off the list that I didn't get a chance to see, so... <sighs> um, Scandal. Uh, so, anyhow, we've got 24 movies to go through. We're not going to spend a ton of time on each of them, but, uh, but this is what the cramming session is. Yeah. This is what we do. So, let's kick it off with Judy. Um, oh, the Judy Gerland movie. So, what are your questions on this, Andrew? Is it a musical? Um, you know, do you consider something where the music is so authentic and organic to the story that it that it's realistic, a musical? Like, or is, if, are the characters just singing in places when they're supposed to be singing? She just sings as Judy Garland. La La Land is a musical because yes. they break out and sing and dance on 100%. the highway. You yeah. know, yeah. It, nothing like that happens in the movie where like people are just like walking down the street and all of a sudden everybody in the neighborhood just pops no. out of the house and they nothing start like singing. that in fact here's an interesting thing bohemian rhapsody is more of a musical than this is okay because bohemian rhapsody has a couple like musical numbers that feel you know outside yeah. of the actual every every time she sings in this it's authentic and organic to exactly the environment See, i I could see where some people would consider that musical, but for me, maybe it's just because I don't like musicals that I put it in a specific category, like Chicago is a musical, because people just break out. If it's unrealistic, I'll say that, mm -hmm. then it's a musical. 
Uh, 30 years after starring in The Wizard of Oz, beloved actress and singer Judy Garland arrives in London to perform sold-out shows at the Talk of the Town nightclub. While there, she reminisces with friends and fans and begins a whirlwind romance with musician Mickey Deans, her soon-to-be fifth husband. Uh, And that's worth mentioning. The movie does take place later in her life. Uh, Renee Zellweger uh, plays Judy Garland amazingly, and that's primarily the part of this that is getting... Um, consideration in award season is her performance. I don't think you're going to hear a lot about this movie as far as winning award, like awards for best picture, those kind of things. It's all about Renee. It's all about Renee. Cool. And understandably so. She's really, really good in this. Uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love it. Uh, it is occasionally boring to me, but her performance is so good that it kind of engages you through this story and it's kind of judy garland's story is kind of a sad story too super sad you know it's kind of one of those things where the movie's trying to show you the 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 glimmer of joy in it or the you know just who this person was and and how they brought joy to other people and that's admirable but her story is so sad that it it kind of weighs the movie down yeah um it makes a little more of a slog what hollywood did to her yeah yeah exactly so that's judy but you'd still recommend it just for the performance alone. Yes, especially if you're... This is a, this you is like a weird, Garland snooty fan. word. I apologize for this horribly snooty word. If you're a film connoisseur, you know, like if you're somebody who loves movies and wants to see the things that are notable, it's notable, yeah. right? Like, that's the thing. There, there's a difference. There's a difference between people who want to see anything that that's film notable and people who just want to see movies they love, right? Yeah, that's not judgment. That's just that's reality. Most people fall in that second category. I don't want to waste time on a you know a movie that I'm not necessarily going to enjoy just because it's got a notable performance in it. Yeah, the the quality of content that surrounds it is more preferable to watch than this. Yeah, given, given if given a limited time, like if. You got to choose what you want to see, then you probably wouldn't choose Judy. But if you have time to see everything, then yeah, it's definitely one checking out, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's correct. Huzzahs. Ready to move on to the next one? You buddy. Motherless Brooklyn. Did you get a chance to see this one? Oh, man. This was going to be... I thought about staying up until 6 in the morning to watch Motherless Brooklyn. I really did. Yeah. But then I realized we had to do a panel after this and stuff like that. So... Yeah. Man, how good is Edward Norton? Just tell me. (laughs) He's great. No, he's really good. Edward Norton is a great actor. I mean, there's just no getting around that. He also directed this, too. He did. Did he write it? Um, No. Well, I mean, it's based on... The, uh, I think it's a book that it's based on, right? Anyhow, yeah, yeah I, I don't know that if he wrote the script or not. I don't have that in front of me. Yeah. Uh, Lionel Esrog is a lonely private detective who doesn't let Tourette syndrome stand in the way of his job. Gifted with a few clues and an obsessive mind, Lionel sets out to solve the murder of Frank Minna, uh, played by Bruce Willis, yep. by the way, his mentor and only friend. Scouring the jazz clubs and slums of Brooklyn and Harlem, Esrog soon uncovers a web of secrets while contending with thugs, corruption, and the most dangerous man in the city. Uh, a lot of the- Alec Baldwin. <laughs> That's right. Moses Randolph. Uh, by the way, Gugu Mbatha-Ra is in this. She is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses right really? now. She is so good. Um, I love her in this. I love her pretty much in everything uh, I've seen her in. Um, Edward Norton is great. A lot of the conversation around this has to do with his Tourette's and whether it is insensitive or done well, those ah. kind of things. And um, I think it's fine. I, you know, I it's a it's an interesting conversation. One we certainly don't have time for here to go into the nuance of. Yeah. But the idea of 
you know, playing somebody with a, uh, you know, a factor that you don't have um, is becoming increasingly fraught. And I think there's some good to that. I think there's some good to considering representation, right? Um, we talked about it with Skyscraper and with, you know, The Rock uh, playing an amputee, yeah. right? But I think there's a balance there. I think because there's also the element of the acting skill and the element exactly, of yeah. those kind of things. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's healthy for us to have that discussion. I don't think this is one of those cases where uh, I don't think the movie suffers for it. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not somebody who's dealt with Tourette's. And my understanding of his representation of Tourette's is that it is a form of Tourette's that is accurate, uh, yeah. that, that feels authentic to a form of Tourette's, uh, which many people have lots of misunderstandings about of, of what that is and what that looks like. A lot of people think you just shout out obscenities. Correct. Yeah. And for some, it's just you blink yeah. you know, a lot or you, tw- you have a twitch. Um, yeah. it, it manifests in different ways and there is a, a verbal element to it. Now, this story uses his Tourette's in an interesting way. And so it's, you know, it's valuable in that way. He also is kind of monkish, you know, has an OCD element Mm -hmm. to what he's doing. Um, And also there's a bit of Rain Man in there, too. That's the weird thing about this character is it's it's not just the Tourette's. It's the Tourette's, the OCD and the memory that he has. You know, he has that Rain Man thing where he can remember conversations. Yeah. Word for word and all that kind of thing. So it's it's an interesting character. Hmm. Yeah. and, uh, and is, I it, think, is it revealed that he's Kaiser Soze at the uh, end? Why would you say? Why would you give that away? People didn't know this. It's just it's 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 um it's split all over again. Oh, you know, yeah. it's you know people didn't know Andrew. People <laughs> didn't know this was in the the Kaiser Soze expanded universe. And you just put it out there. Sorry, guys. How dare you? Uh, Leslie Mann in this. Uh, he Ethan just rips Supley. off his Edward Norton mask and his <laughs> Kevin Spacey underneath. Uh, Willem Dafoe in uh, Alec Baldwin, as you mentioned. Uh, oh, yeah, Willem as well. Dafoe. He's had a busy year. He always has a busy award season. He's always in a lot of awards uh, contenders. He's in another one we'll be talking about here shortly. Um, yeah. This is a great cast. Bobby Cannavale in there as well. Uh, Michael K. Williams. <laughs> Uh, Fisher Stevens, who I, I always love when he shows up. Uh, so, yeah, there's a decent cast here. Uh, I don't think I've said overall, though, um, this, again, is a decent like. It's, okay. There's not not a, not a love, but a like going on here uh, for Motherless Brooklyn. Did you have any other uh, questions about Motherless Brooklyn? Uh, I, I'm kind of, you know disappointed to hear that it's only just a like because I was super excited about this movie. Yeah, well, again, uh, you may love it. So, you know, don't get too disappointed just because, you know, we, I don't know if you know this, but occasionally we differ in our opinions. I don't know. (laughs) I know. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. But I think for, I think for a general, you know, I, you and I see eye to eye on a fair amount of things. I think so. Uh, Ready to talk about marriage story? Yeah. Uh, Mary's story is stage director and his actor wife struggle through a grueling coast-to-coast divorce that pushes them to their personal and creative extremes. It is Noah Baumbach's uh, latest movie. I have started to kind of fall in love with Noah Baumbach as a filmmaker. Uh, I wasn't on board from the beginning, but his last few I have really enjoyed. This one's no different. Uh, I love this movie. I think this movie is spectacular. Uh, it is the movie this year that made me feel the deepest, um, and I think that's valuable. 
uh, I wept during this movie um, for this couple and what they were going through. It was real. It was authentic. Adam Driver is astonishing in this film. There is a scene towards the middle. I'll just call it a fight scene between the couple. And he just destroys it uh, in every sense of the word (laughs) in that scene. Uh, And Scarlett Johansson, also incredible. Laura Dern is really interesting as one of their lawyers. Uh, Ray Liotta, also in there as a lawyer. And Alan Alda. What's Ray doing in here? He's doing good work. Really? So, and and I have to mention Merritt Weaver because she has, like, did you see Unbreakable? Did you get around to seeing Unbreakable on, on Netflix? Yeah. She's so great in that. And I, that's where I kind of fell in love with her as an actress. And she's in this as well. Wait, are it, you talking about Unbelievable? Isn't that what I said? You said Unbreakable. Oh, Unbelievable. Sorry. Yes, yeah. Unbelievable. I thought I was like, yeah, I've seen Unbreakable. I've seen... What, <laughs> Have I've, you seen Unbelievable? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, she's like, in that too. I didn't know Unbreakable was on Netflix, but you know I've seen Unbreakable. It's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. But no, I have not seen Unbelievable. So we will do a full review of this uh, later on once Andrew gets around to seeing it. Now, you said it's already out on Netflix, It right? is out. It just so came out. This may be on next week's show. We may, we may talk Marriage Story. Um, but uh, so I'm not going to go into too much detail other than say I loved it loved it loved it it will be in competition for my top five this year so um, I had a good time with it Um, any questions before we move on no normally with something like that when you praise it that much I want to keep as much a mystery as possible yeah okay cool Uh, we'll move on to Adam Driver actually I'll throw I'll throw in one question yeah if you had to choose one ScarJo performance this year to stand out that's funny because there's just, three movies. I was just going to talk about the fact that we're going on to another Adam Driver performance. Oh, um, what were the the other two? Would be Endgame End and, and Jojo Rabbit. And Jojo Rabbit, uh, performance wise, yeah, this one no doubt. Marriage Story, no doubt. Cool. And that's not saying she's bad in the others. Yeah, she's actually great in both of those things. Yeah, but uh, but she's and again, I think everybody makes everybody else better. That's that's what's beautiful about these kind of movies is when the performances are just clicking, yeah. everybody falls into that world perfectly. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's good. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the report. Mm. Uh, this is another Adam Driver. Uh, performance. This is an Amazon film, correct? It is. It is. I'm not sure if it's available to stream on Amazon yet. yet. Not yet. Okay. FBI agent Daniel Jones performs an exhaustive investigation into the CIA's use of torture on suspected terrorists in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. The CIA adopted new interrogation techniques. I put techniques in quotes for those who can't see my quote (laughs) fingers. (laughs) Waterboarding. Yeah. Um, This is... uh, Man, this is kind of course correction for Zero Dark Thirty in some way, like the balancing factor of Zero Dark Thirty. So Zero Dark Thirty, you you're gonna you're alone on this one because I think Zero Dark Thirty is phenomenal. It is. I'm. You're not alone on that. Okay, it is a phenomenal movie. I'm talking uh, thematically. Uh, they exist on different ends of the spectrum. So oh. the idea Zero Dark Thirty is this celebration of you know our ability to go in and get the the terrorists and you know those kind of oh, things. And this, this is kind of like the dark alley of Zero Dark Thirty, where it's this like, is the first fifteen minutes of Zero Dark Thirty explored. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 it, and it, again, I love that. I love finding that balance. I love finding that ability to really assess who we are as humans, the choices we make as government, you know, as governments run by humans. Yeah. 
um, and all that kind of stuff. And this is a, this is a fascinating true story that I didn't know. Fascinating story about the person who put that report together. I really enjoyed this. I don't know if I'd say I loved it, but it's definitely high side of light okay. um, for me, but mostly because I'm a sucker for true stories. So understand yeah, that. Me too. I, I love a true story. I love the idea that there you know, was this guy who put this report together and maybe it was not even ever going to see the light of day. Um, you know, what he discovered, uh, Annette Benning plays, uh, Senator Feinstein, uh, Feinstein, 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 uh, in this Joe, uh, John Hamm, uh, you know, is great in this, uh, more tyranny, Michael C. Hall. It's got a good cast. Uh, I think this one's kind of been under the radar though. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, so it could be interesting. Tim Blake Nelson also in here a little bit. Huh. So yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Cool, man. I've, I just really wish I would have got around to seeing a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. I well, wouldn't. You still got a couple couple weeks I still before got a you have to get your sift pop. Yeah, you know, list in. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah I'll make it work. <laughs> uh, should we should we like skip to one you have seen, or we just keep sure. going through the list? Let's you, just keep going through the list. Okay. Um, maybe we'll skip to one you have seen next. Uh, I already have Honey Boy pulled up in front of me here. Oh man, I really want to see this one. So, what are you excited about for this one? Because this is Shia LaBeouf playing his father. It's his story, but he's not playing himself. So I'm curious about like, uh, is like his representation of his father, you know, being this clown and uh, like his, him as a young child actor having to take care of his family, you know? Yeah. Um, and how that whole experience led him on that, you know, path of, I, I, would you call it self-destruction? Sure, yeah, yeah. I think that's the that's the exact term for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super stoked for this movie. When, also, this is an Amazon movie, but it's not out yet. When 12-year-old Otis begins to find success as a television star, his abusive alcoholic father returns to and takes over as his guardian, and their contentious relationship is followed over a decade um uh just comments piping in by the way says the report is currently available on prime so <gasps> just so you know um so honey boy yeah this is interesting because apparently shia is working out his own therapy demons you yeah. know like he this is stuff that he is dealing with as far as his own past his own father what that how that has changed him how that has affected them you know how that has pushed him i i find it interesting uh, I find it in- enjoyable to see somebody doing that kind of work. Yeah. So that alone makes it engaging yeah. and interesting to me. Having said that, I don't know if I really liked this movie though. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I. It's hard to say because I was engaged by his experience of it, but as far as the rest of it, it, it just kind of seemed a little bit paint by numbers to me. Um, and that's not to say, and that's not to say it's a typical story told typically. It's just yeah. that it's all, I don't know. It just nothing, nothing really surprised me about the way the story was told or or what happened. It, I just, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I learned much or was engaged by much story wise. Does it feel like this is an important story, but it's mainly important to him? 
that yeah. he did it. Yeah, there's a little bit. It's like, thank you for opening up the window yeah. and letting me, you know, watch, you know, what happened to you. But it, but I can tell this means more to you than it would to me. Than it, than it probably would to me. And okay. That, as it should. Like, yeah. it's, it's your story, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think that does put kind of its finger on it pretty well. Awesome. Um, Noah Jupe does really well as Otis. Um, and Lucas Hedges uh as an older version yeah um does well too uh, he's gonna be one to watch mm-hmm. lucas hedges oh my, already i mean every yeah. year he's in award stuff these days yeah uh martin Starr also in this so um just as a heads up but yeah i honey boy was one of those that i i get it and yeah. I get why it gets attention. I have these every year during award season. No. Where I get why, you know, this has people's attention, all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. For me, I just, I didn't enjoy it. Okay. That much. Um, let's move on to Jojo Rabbit. Or I thought we were going to do a full review on Jojo Rabbit. So do you want to hold it for the end then? It's I thought up to maybe, you. I thought maybe we'd kind of split things up. Okay. Yeah, sure. With it. Well, let's we do can, it now then. Well, we can wait. Well, here's, here's what we'll do. We'll do a few more. Um, I think we're through five out of 24, so maybe I need to go through them a little bit quicker. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, let's, let's get through a few more and then we'll, we'll split it up with a little Jojo rabbit talk. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Let's talk about the farewell. Um, this is Aquafina's kind of, this looks like the most depressing movie ever. Why do you say that? Oh, no. I don't know. It's just about a grandma who's about to die and the family's too scared to tell her. So they just take her on a, you know, like a, a farewell tour. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a fair rendition of yeah. the farewell. Bill's family returns to China under the guise of a fake wedding to stealthily say goodbye to their beloved matriarch. The only person that doesn't know she only has a few weeks to live. This I remember hearing this on, I think it was This American Life. It was on one of the podcasts that I listened to. Um, th- this story is actually uh, told by Lulu Wang, who uh, directed this. Um, it comes from her life. Uh, in fact, one of the relatives in the movie is actually that relative in her life. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, one of the, one of them plays themselves. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's a it's a really moving story. Yeah. But I gotta be honest, I kind of liked it as a podcast more than a movie. Like, it kind of meant more to me the way it was told there than the way it's told here. Now, that's not to take anything away from the performances. Aquafina's great in this, as are the others. Uh, It's just my experience is that it was a better podcast than a movie. So I wonder, like, this is definitely, like, a cultural difference, like, how this culture deals with death and stuff like that, how that plays a part in this movie. That's really what has me curious. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so. That's exactly what it is. So, yep. Well, that's another one I'm definitely going to go and see. Okay. I have to. Just because it, Aquafina looks like she's doing such good work in this yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Pain and Glory. This is Antonio Banderas. Foreign language film. Yeah. And this, this will, if anything, is going to give Parasite competition in the foreign language film category. This would be the one. Yeah. This is the only one. It's... um. Uh, what's 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 his uh, Pedro Alam Alam Almodovar Almodovar? Yes, Andrew, just tell me, just tell I, me what it is. Pedro, Pedro, thank you. Uh, and uh, and it, I, boy, this is hard for me. I didn't connect to this at all. 
I really? I was so bored. I I award season every year I feel judged because there are these movies that come out that everybody just loves and, and I get it. It's beautiful. There are moments in the movie where I'm like, oh, that's beautifully shot, and I I see the emotion on the screen there. Yeah, and I just I don't. We're gonna talk about another one. I just I don't get coming up here in a, in a second, and it's and it's frustrating to me because I know there are people. Who, yeah. when I say those things, are just sh- are just shouting at me, you missed it. Yeah, you totally missed it, man. And I agree, I missed it. That we can we can both agree on that when it comes to pain and glory. I missed it. <laughs> is, I just missed it. Is it Selma Hayek in this as well? Penelope Cruz. That's what it is. Yeah. You said Selma Hayek. Yeah, I I meant Selma Hayek. They are not the same person. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, Penelope Cruz is in this. Um, <sighs> again, I get it, but I missed it. Yeah. We should we should probably move on before I put yeah. my foot uh, in my <laughs> mouth any further. Uh, shall we go back to Shia LaBeouf? Okay. Let's talk about the Peanut Butter Falcon. Hey, I've seen this one. Hey! <laughs> I you, love this movie. Well, we're starting with you then. What would you think of the Peanut Butter Falcon? It was my buried treasure a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, it was. Talk, I love this talk movie. Talk more about oh, it. Oh, this movie's so fun. Well, people have heard my thoughts on it. I know you've been talking forever, but what did you think about it? Just a quick. I just, I just wanted to <clears throat> wet my... Uh, Wet the whistle. Wet the whistle a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think this is like an incredibly heartfelt, moving story. And you just, you want everything to work out, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. I, I love this movie too. Yeah. Um, and probably on a little bit less than you, maybe, maybe on the low side of loved it. I, I think I got it like, I think it cracked my top 10 of the year. Yeah. Probably won't crack my top 10, but it'll definitely be in my top 41. Yeah. Um, I, I, really appreciated the authenticity of this relationship because there are a lot of ways this can be done wrong. You know what I mean? There, there are a lot of ways that the relationship between Tyler and Zach could be cloying and treacly and, and it's not, it feels real. It feels authentic. You have to believe that a person like Tyler would actually take time to be in this relationship with Zach yeah. and the movie pulls that off somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that that is to me, the key success of peanut butter Falcon is in the authenticity of the relationships. Yeah. So how, uh, each of them fills a void that mm-hmm. the other, you know, is missing. Like for, um, shy's character, it's, you know, the brother aspect that he's needs, you know, filled in. He's, yeah. Yeah. And the way this movie ends is so lovably ridiculous. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. That you just, everything is just as you wanted it to be. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I just checked. It is actually my number 10 right now. All right. So. Very nice. Well, maybe it'll stay there or maybe it'll get knocked out. I don't know, man. There's a lot. Of There's movies. a lot to see. Uh, the, the back half of this year compared to the front half. It's like night and day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, can we move on to Klaus? Klaus. Uh, this is a Netflix movie um, available to watch Santa. on Netflix. And yeah, it's a new Christmas movie. And this is really good. I'm not going to lie. I did not know this was a Netflix movie. I just thought it was an animated movie that came out. It, this movie is really good. I was I I just expected it to be, you know, Christmas fluff. 
And it's not. It's meaningful. It's well done. Uh, after proving himself to be the worst postman at the Academy, a postman is posted to a frozen town in the north where he discovers Santa Claus is hiding out. Um, yeah, I had a really good time with this. Uh, it's inter- It's fascinating to me because it's kind of got a bit of the Emperor's New Groove to it. Jason Schwartzman. Well, you already sold me. Jason- That's all you needed to say. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman is kind of you know, playing a the Cusco? Li- that that kind of little bit of a Cusco character here. I almost thought it was David Spade yeah. a couple times. Really? Like it's, yeah, it's it's interesting in that way. Is there a crunk character? That's all I need. Uh, no, not oh. per se. Norm Macdonald ha- is probably the closest you're going to get to that crunk. Just a crunk. <laughs> um, but no, not really. Uh, J.K. Simmons uh, plays Santa and does a great job. Really? Yeah. No, I'm telling you, this movie is really well done. Whenever somebody says J.K. Simmons now, I just automatically go to Whiplash. So I just imagined that guy playing Santa, and I'm like, yeah. oh. Is my sleigh rushing or is it dragging? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Klaus. So I, I think that's one to throw on for the family over the holidays. Well, um, sweet. Yeah. And it's on Netflix, so almost everybody's going to have it. Right? There yeah, I go. think I, I, I was surprised. I was definitely surprised with this one. So that's, that's a big recommend. Sweet. Uh, for me. Uh, ready to move on to Richard Jewell? Oh, man. Oh, you had to do it. <laughs> Give people the backstory on why I'm upset. Why are you upset about Richard Jewell? Because I, I, I would have seen it, but... But you can't. But I can't. No, yeah, it's not just, out yet. Yeah. American security guard Richard Jewell heroically saves thousands of lives from an exploding bomb at the 1996 Olympics, but is unjustly vilified by journalists in the press who falsely report that he was a terrorist. Uh, This is Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood got a wild hair and decided, hey, I'm just going to make a movie for the end of this year, and he pulled it off. I've got three weeks. I can make a movie. How good is it? It's great. It's absolutely great. I knew it. Um, Paul Walter uh, Hauser. Yeah. Is worth the conversation in the actor uh, category. He, you know what? He I've only seen him in two other things. Yeah. Besides, no, the, he hasn't been in a lot. He was in uh, Tanya, which he was great in Tanya. Yeah, I Tanya. Yeah. And he's in Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw the trailer for this. I'm like, oh, that guy's gonna get some award buzz just from the trailers alone. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. Sam Rockwell is also really great in this. Um, I, I'm. I really enjoyed. What about? I was about to say Kathy Bates. <laughs> uh, it is Kathy Bates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates is great in it. Olivia Wilde is great in it. Like it's. It's got a good cast. Um, John Hamm again showing up. Um, I like that John Hamm guy. He's kind of the bad guy in this. You know, he's the person in the FBI that's like, we got to make this. You know. From what I took, I thought it was going to be more like John Hamm and Olivia Wilde as the villains. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I've said too much. Uh, well, but I think the movie you, handles them differently. Let's I, just say that. Yeah. I think the if you don't know, again, this is the story of an actual person named Richard Jewell, who was like you said, what a story, man. Yeah. What an unfortunate story. It's just again, it's that human nature thing, right? Yeah. Like it's the worst of us. It's just you know, the yeah. idea. I, I. This is one of the main reasons people will ask me, like you know, about my pacifism or about you know why I don't, um, you know, s- support ways of justice that they think are justice, and yeah. I'm just I'm about grace and mercy and all those kind of things. 
The main reason for that is we get it wrong. We just get it wrong so much. Yeah. And there's another movie coming up on on this list that, that talks about the same kind of thing. That it's like we have to start from a place of mercy and grace. We have yeah. to start there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Maybe Anyways. the reason why I said John Hamm and Olivia Wilde were the villains is because I think that they represent the true villain, which is the government and the media. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and how they are able to twist and manipulate a story sure. to the entire you know planet's desire. So yeah, if they want to make you a villain, they can easily make you a villain. Yep, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So, man, yeah. I want to see this so bad. Um, it it is good. It's really good. Um, I I don't always love Clint Eastwood movies. In fact, The Mule I didn't think was all that great. No, um, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I don't even. I actually don't even like some of the ones that most people like. Uh, what's the boxing one? Um, you don't like Million Dollar Baby? I don't really like Million That's Dollar Baby. That's a top hundred movie. Of all yeah, time. I I understand. I get it. So I'm just saying, like. You know, Clint Eastwood doesn't have my vote no matter what. Clint Eastwood's had my number since I was a kid, so. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, you want to move on to uh, to the other one that kind of fits that sure. human nature uh, stuff? Just Mercy, uh, which is the one starring Michael B. Jordan and Jamie uh, Foxx. yeah. And Brie Larson and O'Shea Jackson Jr. This looks super good. And Tim Blake Nelson hopping in again. He's man, just Tim, all over Tim the place, Blake man. He's having everywhere. a year. Yeah. Hanging out in Watchmen, doing some great stuff. I, I was I was about to say he's in Watchmen, and I was also thinking, but it came out last year, was a Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. But that was last year. Good for you, Tim Blake. Yeah. By the way, just going to take a second here. We're just going to step aside. Yeah. Um, Watchmen is like the best show on TV in maybe the last five years. Like, I am loving the Watchmen so much i can't wait for each episode i've never read the graphic novel I, it does it blows my mind when i hear people say you have to have read the source material to get this show because i think what they are doing with this show is so brilliant because all the mystery to it it could be that stuff that's from the graphic novel that i don't know or it could be stuff that nobody knows and you know what it doesn't matter because i'm interested and they're going to give me the information that i want i this show is blowing me away it's so funny because i was about to say you don't have to read the graphic novel because it is nothing like the graphic novel yeah like literally it's nothing like the graphic. i think this is i think this i'm sorry we're in to watchman now instead of uh awards well, we're gonna movies. we're gonna we're hit a little on, break we're taking a little break okay we're gonna hit on watchman later on too so don't oh, worry okay, fair yeah. enough um but i was just thinking today watchman i think is the perfect example of how you create an expanded universe I think this is how you do it. You take the source material, you respect the source material, you use elements of the source material, but you create something completely fresh, completely new, you know, from a different place. It's it's yeah. very it, it's very similar to what Cora did uh, to the Last Airbender, right? Yeah. Like it, it's kind of a, a whole new era of the same kind of world. So, man, I'm loving Watchmen. Okay, back to Just Mercy, shall we? Yes. A black man wrongly accused of murder spends six years on death row before a lawyer with the Equal Justice Initiative gets him exonerated. Uh, This is the true story of uh, Brian Stevenson, I think is the guy's name. And Brian is somebody, Michael B. Jordan plays him, who just decided to spend his life dedicated to making sure that people on death row were the right people, which seems like a valuable thing for us to make sure of, right? I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it is it is a testament to how flawed humans are, how flawed the system can be. Yeah. Um, it is a testament to we get it wrong, yeah. and we we need to be aware of that. The racial injustice and racial bias. There's definitely a racial element uh, to the is story. This Alabama is that. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the South. Um, yeah. So I, this is, uh, and Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx is great. Yeah. He's getting a little bit of buzz as well for his performance. Uh, I think this is one to see. I really enjoyed this. Okay. Um, I would put it in that high, like low love, you know, section of award season where it's like definitely going to be on my top 41. Just not sure where. Cool. Um, so this is a, a big recommend for me. Uh, Just Mercy was was very moving. Is there a performance? I'm trying to think. I love Michael B. Jordan. I really do. But I'm trying to think if I've ever seen him give a performance where I'm like, that's awards worthy. You know? like mm. I think he's super good in Creed. I don't think that's an award worthy performance. You know? I mean, he's great in Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's... Uh, well, I guess it depends yeah, on how you define no, it, right? Like, you know what? You just said it. Yeah, I think Black Panther was an awards-worthy performance. So I lo- I'm wrong. There have you seen? Have you seen the first one he did um, with... Uh, Fruitvale Station? Yeah, Fruitvale Station. Yeah. That's definitely awards-worthy performance. That's, man, you're right. I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I was just thinking of him in Fantastic Four and how much I hate that movie. Yeah, well, that is true. That yeah. is, that's everybody everybody gets one, at least. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's a big <laughs> recommend. Uh, let's do one more before we hit the halfway point. Uh, okay. Let's talk about The Good Liar. Um, oh, yeah. I hear... I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about No, tell about me what it. you hear. I'm curious. I hear this is the biggest letdown of the year. I have heard people say that they didn't enjoy it as well. Um, I think there's some things to enjoy here, but I get why it's a letdown. It's It probably won't make my list. Yeah. Um, Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen are good. Yeah. Uh, it's the story. The story, it's just, it doesn't work in, in the form. You don't believe it. You don't buy into it, um, into what's going on. And I think that's the the movie's biggest flaw, uh, is that you just don't ever feel like it's real. Career con artist Roy Courtney can, can hardly believe his luck when he meets well-to-do widow Betty McLeish online. As Betty opens her life and home to him, Roy is surprised to find himself caring about her, turning what should be a cut and dry swindle into the most treacherous tightrope walk of his life. Uh, it's directed by Bill Condon, uh, who obviously has been in the Wards conversation before. Um, it's just, it's, it's, the story just doesn't work. I think the characters are too obvious for what wants to be a twisty type movie. Yeah. They I think, think that's, they, they think they're Shyamalaning you, but you, you know, yeah, you know. Something like that. Yeah. Also, I was glad to see uh, Jim Carter. Uh, in this, uh, if you don't know who Jim Carter is, uh, he's also in Downton Abbey um, as the the head butler uh, in Downton Abbey. He's oh, he's yeah. one of my favorite British actors. He's got a real low gravelly voice, and I I always like seeing him. So nice. it's good to see him doing this work. Sweet. So that's the good liar, and that'll bring us to the halfway point. Um, before we uh, before we head into talking about Jojo Rabbit, yes, just a thank you to our Sif Pop members. You are the best. We appreciate you. We can only do this because of you. We've been able to launch a YouTube version of the podcast that you yeah. can watch at the Sif Pop YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash Sif Pop because of support from our amazing Sif Pop members. Now, there's some fun benefits that go along with it. You get your own podcast feed with a bonus episode uh, that pops up in there for you uh, pretty much every week. We miss a week here or there, um, but you kind of get your own stuff uh, that we talk about there as well as some other fun perks. So if you 
want to check it out, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash siftpop. Support starts at three bucks a month, and we are very thankful for you. All right, let's talk about Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Mm, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Absolutely loved it. I knew you would. Somebody on Twitter yesterday asked me, they said, what do you think that you've seen? Because I did like an awards AMA. Uh-huh. They, said, they said, what have you seen in the awards season? Are you most sure that Andrew is going to love? And I said, Jojo Rabbit. Yep. Well, you're right. Absolutely. I just felt like an Andrew movie to me. It felt like a Wes Anderson movie, even though well, it, yeah. it's the symmetry of it all, you know. It is Taika Waititi, yes. uh, who also stars as, as Hitler. an imaginary Hitler. Uh, Jojo is a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their attic, aided only by his imaginary friend Adolf Hitler. Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Uh, before you go into the reasons you loved it, I will say I liked it. Not even high side. I liked it. Mm. Just liked it. Okay. So it's going to feel like I hate it because you love it so much. Yeah. But, uh, but that's to be expected. So tell us why this movie is so amazing. Okay. I got to look up the name of the kid because, well, uh, there are, you know, there's movies where you're like, oh, that's a really good kid performance, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. This is just a good performance. I think that this kid is phenomenal. I think that he should definitely, even though he's only like, what, nine, ten years old? Mm -hmm. Roman Griffin Davis. Yes. If he's nine years old, he deserves to be like the youngest Oscar winner, like for best actor or whatever. Well, you know, the the Critics' Choice Awards has a best young performer category oh, so well, i'm certain we'll see him in that yeah he's already yeah he's a shoo-in for that um i think but i think thomas and mckenzie is great too oh she's great the the subtlety that she gives in that performance you yes. know is just yes. and if i it's one of those movies where once you know all the information and you go back and you watch her performance you're like oh so yeah that was influenced by you know prior no knowledge and that Mm -hmm. that just gives a full new depth to everything i saw right this movie can be some has some of the funniest moments of the year it also has some of the most heartbreaking moments of the year yes so um here i didn't think it navigated those as well as i wanted it to really yeah that was one of that was one of the things that that threw me off with the movie is that I just, <clears throat> I felt, uh, I felt tugged back and forth in a way that was distracting to me uh, between the the sorrow and the depth of horror of what's going on, and then the light comedy, you know, craziness. Now, I, I get that a lot of people didn't, and I'm glad. Like, I think if 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 that is a smoother ride for you, then I think the movie becomes something a little bit more. I think that for the most part, I took everything as being seen from JoJo's perspective, even the aspects of war, you know, like how uh, somebody that young doesn't can't understand it. So they sure. they have a ridiculous idea of, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Yes, there are parts with like uh, uh, Rebel Wilson and Sam Rockwell, you know, that are just goofy for goofy sake or especially one of the funniest uh, people in the movie was steven merchant <laughs> there's just a there's a heil hitler parade i think that the this movie had to have broken record for the most heil hitlers oh for sure yeah for sure like, i can't think of any other movie that had more <laughs> but <laughs> I, I thought that went on too long 
I, I thought loved it was it. I thought it was funny for a little bit and then it and then it went in too long and it didn't quite get back to the place where it was funny it again did for, for me. me. It because did. I thought for me it was like, Okay, yeah, you're doing it again. And then at the very end I'm like, <laughs> You're doing it again. <laughs> oh, I got the hiccups now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that is one of those things where you know the uh, it's just subjective, right? Like the the humor is yeah. either going to work for you or it isn't. His friend Yorkie is my favorite part of the movie. Great, yep. yeah, steals the show. Yeah, he really does. Uh, also, is it crazy for me to say that I think Taika Waititi deserves a Best Supporting Actor nomination? Yes, you think? So? <laughs> yes, I, I didn't really... think he was. Like, I mean, it was what it was. It was no, like... if you think about it, like he's the the perfect imaginary friend like besides him being hitler you know it's like he is exactly how a a little kid would imagine everything that's fine and i'm gonna certainly grant you that um for me i've seen people do stuff like this in snl skits like you know it's there's there's nothing he's not doing anything out of the ordinary with this performance he's doing a you know a satire of hitler like i've i've seen satire impressions you know done like there's a there's a, he hasn't he isn't having to reach for anything you know authentic or genuine or emotional it, but i hear what you're saying yeah. he gives the performance he needs to give for the movie to and do what it needs to great. do right yeah 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 no i get it all right fine but i think that i love i absolutely love this movie i really do um i feel like rebel wilson was miscast i don't i didn't understand I think she, she was cast to be Rebel Wilson. Yeah. You know, because... That's, and that's what I'm talking about with the tone. Like, at times I thought I was watching a Rebel Wilson movie, and then at times I thought I was watching trying to watch a serious awards contender. Yeah. Like, Scarlett Johansson and Rebel Wilson were in two different movies. I feel like. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So that's, that was the battle that was going on for me. But Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen... Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I love Sam Rockwell in this. Yeah. I think he, I think he's doing great stuff. Um... I just keep going back to his friend Yorkie. Just, <laughs> I love that kid so much. He's in that paper uniform. Yeah. He's. I don't think I can die. <laughs> he just. Whenever he's on screen, you know you're gonna smile. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's the big takeaway for me is there there are so many moments in this movie where I just can't help but just have the biggest grin. But then I think of other moments in this movie. I'm like, I cried hard in yeah. this movie. Yeah. It's good. It's super good. It's easily... Is it top five? I don't know. Uh, Nope, it's number seven right now. All right. I love it. I bet it... It might even grow on you a little bit more. It really felt like an Andrew movie to me, and I don't say that lightly. And and again, it sounds like I dislike the movie. I don't. I actually had a good time with it. I I liked the performances. Um, There are moments in the Wes Anderson-y kind of you know version of this movie yeah that i loved um and then there are parts that are you know more serious that i just i didn't connect as much to and it, yeah. and it may just be because i but see here's the thing wes anderson when he does what he does he manages to layer in the seriousness within the quirky and it almost felt like this movie had to separate those two things maybe because of the subject matter or whatever yeah and I don't know. So there's just there was something a little bit off about it for me. Yeah, I, I don't think you can make it. an entirely satirical film around Nazi Germany without mm-hmm. showing the reality of what's going on because yeah. then it would possibly feel like you're 
not taking something so horrible so serious at all that that should be taken serious so those moments where it does go back and just hit you with reality i think it just makes it uh, more powerful and maybe that's why i love the movie very nice yep all right ready to power through yeah the rest of these yeah uh, we'll start with 1917. Okay. You, you also saw this one, didn't you? I did. All right. So 1917, this is Sam Mendes' uh, movie, uh, and it is basically uh, the story of a couple British soldiers that have a job to do. Yep. Two British soldiers embark on a dangerous mission to save 1,600 men from certain doom during World War One. Um, man, this is one of those movies I almost don't want to spoil the reasons I think it's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's kind yeah. of one of those things that I, I like to experience. I am curious. I will say I loved it. I absolutely loved it. What did you, what did you think about it? It's my new number one movie of the year. Oh, uh, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. It's good, right? It's, yeah. It's, is it the best war movie ever? I don't know. It's. Little, little too much recency bias to I know. really think about that. I but. literally watched it less than 24 hours right, ago. Right, right. But the way he shoots it, can we give? Can we say that how it, this movie shot, or is that giving too much Well, that's away? what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I, part of me is like, uh, let's, let's just say this. Yeah. He's making visual and storytelling choices that are upping his level of difficulty by a lot. Yeah. And still pulling it off. Yes. Right? Um I I'm excited. What what's interesting is I thought I loved this movie. Now you're saying it's your number one. Now I feel like again I'm gonna sound like I hate this movie compared to you because mm. I don't love it quite that much. Mm. I just really respect it on a tech technical level yeah. and enjoyed most of it. No. Uh, I I got bored a couple times. How? I know. How? Right? I know. I was like this. I uh, like again, the choices he's making are upping the level of difficulty. Yes. And he's up to it for the most part. But there's a part of what he's doing here that's really difficult because there's a sameness to a lot of what's happening that is for me. Uh, a little bit distracting. Now, again, I loved this movie. Let's not forget. Yes. I loved this movie. Yes. There were just a couple times <laughs> where I was like, I'm kind of bored right now. The, I never once not for me. I just, it's, it, the movie felt like it was walking sometimes and running other times. And the walking times, I just, I got bored. Oh, the walking time. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I think like the walking times makes, for me anyway, I wasn't so focused on the characters as I was the environment during these okay, quote well, unquote that, walking times. That could times. explain it because I'm very much a character person yeah. and I, I and there just wasn't a lot of character work to be done because of the structure of the movie. Now, yeah. I will say the final, let's just say 20 minutes yes. of this movie was some of the most breathtaking movie making I've ever experienced. The, there's a run shot at it, the end it, of this movie. It blew me away. Yes. It, it, it was one of those things where it's it's so good that you're not you're not uh sad or cathartic, but you're almost crying by how 
powerful it, powerful and intense yeah. it is it's like riders it's, of the rohan showing up yeah to, uh, yeah it's fascinating where you're just like how powerful it is is making you cry yeah yeah that's exactly it and um i'm just thinking about all these times where i'm taking in the environment the way he shoots this movie not well and somebody you know, mentioned not, it's deacons right it's you know yeah he's he, gonna win another yeah. cinematography oscar I mean, that's what the guy does he, <laughs> he he just wins um but the way he's able to make the environment so real and how horrifying and ugly it is yeah but at the same time there are shots in that horror and ugliness that are surprisingly beautiful yeah like this the background is just oh it's it's great. I can't. I believe. said we were gonna we were gonna power through these last ones. I can't. I'm sorry. This no, movie no, no. is too good. It is. It is to very just, good. And yeah. I, I totally get it. Maybe we won't even need to do a, more of a review later. Maybe we'll do a like a sif spoil on it where we can talk more in depth. There we go. Uh, on it later. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely definitely towards the top of the list of yeah. must sees the rest of this year. Um, let's talk about Harriet. This is uh, mm. Cynthia Revo. Um, Arrivo? Arrivo? I always say Arrivo. Am okay. I wrong about that? I have no idea. I don't either, and yeah. I apologize. Um, but I think she's great. She is fantastic. No. Um, and she's fantastic in this. Uh, it's a very powerful movie about Harriet Tubman. Yep. And if you don't know the story of Harriet Tubman, or even if you do, this movie goes in-depth into it in a way that is fascinating, interesting. I really liked this movie. Don't know if it quite crosses over into the loved it category. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's definitely one worth checking out. Um, you know, for me, these true stories, like I said, I'm a sucker for a true story. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's my preferred way to be educated. Right. And it's yeah. just, it's one of those things where in, in what's dangerous, what can be dangerous about that is these are movies. They're not meant to be documentaries or educational no, exactly. courses. The, and so the entertainment I, takes priority over correct. Truth. And so I, I always kind of. Um, you know, offset that with my own research about what is true and yeah. what isn't true about what I learned. But it's that nice. It's a catalyst point. to get you intrigued. Exactly, exactly. And I really do love that. So it follows her from her escape uh, from slavery through her dangerous missions as she led uh, to liberate hundreds of slaves through the Underground Railroad. Um, man, Harriet Tubman was a beast. Yeah, she was. She was great. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's Harriet. Uh, awards wait. contention, you think? I don't think it actually is going to get really? much awards contention. Um, it's a big year. Maybe she will. Okay. But there's just, it's a big year. And, uh, and there are some issues. If this was a full review, I could go into some of the sure. negatives, that kind of thing. But I do want to say I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, waves. This one blew me away. I was not expecting. I think this is an A24 film. Um, that, oh, I've seen the trailer for this. Yeah. So this is a fascinating movie. Um, Kel- uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, plays uh, the main kid at the center of this. Sterling K. Brown uh, plays his dad, Lucas Hedges, as we mentioned, is in this as well. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, was it from Euphoria, Alexa Demi, I think is her name. And then Taylor Russell also takes a huge part of the lead, which is uh, his sister in this. Um there is a choice made in this movie that I can't give away for fear of changing the experience for you um, that I think is going to depend, define whether or not you enjoy this movie. 
Um, but they make a very bold choice in how this movie is structured and presented to you. Uh, and I, I resonated with that choice deeply. Okay. This is a movie about forgiveness. It's a movie about grace. It's a movie about what it means to look at each other as humans with empathy, even when we make horrible choices. Um, and it is a movie about... The movie uses, I guess I can say this, this isn't too spoilery, uh, the movie uses aspect ratio to tell the story in an interesting way. And the only other time I've really seen this done well is Homecoming. Do you remember the show Homecoming? I think Homecoming uses aspect ratio to confer information as well. Like you knew certain parts of, do you know what I mean when I say aspect no, ratio? No, oh, I know what you mean, okay. like 4-3 and 16-9 yeah, yeah. and yeah. stuff like, and then yeah. wide. Yeah. So like I'm assuming just... Uh, Four three is like in the past, and like sixteen nine is present. And like. You could use it that way. This movie doesn't. It uses it in much a much more beautiful way. Um, this is this is why this movie impacted me so deeply uh, because the way that it tells this story subtly through those choices of aspect ratio and also story progression is very uh, instructive and moving. And it's also uh, very, so the movie's called Waves. Yeah. It also feels like waves. Like it feels like, okay, this this part is the, the growing part and then this part is the thing that happens and then now there's another. Like it's, it like it, it almost. Is it hard cuts between aspect ratios or does it slowly there's transition? One. There's one. There's, if you didn't, there's one hard cut. And okay. if you didn't notice what it was doing to you with aspect ratios, yeah. it is the place in the movie where you'll go, oh. This changed, and then you'll okay. certainly notice it from from that part point on, kind of okay. what it's doing. I feel like I've almost said too much. It's a movie you just kind of have to experience. The performances are great. The story is compelling, and again, the thematic, metaphorical stuff was just... And that you know me. Like, that stuff's always at the top of my priority list. Yep. And so, yeah, this movie was one that definitely... Um, was definitely one that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, so that's in the loved it category. Uh, let's talk about the lighthouse. Did you get around to seeing the Man, lighthouse? I really did want to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's the same people who did Vivivivivitch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Pretty, is it good? I have pretty much the same feelings as the Vivitch. You appreciate it? <laughs> uh, did I say I appreciated the Vivitch? I guess I said I appreciated some of the visual choices. I, I, I did not like this movie. Yeah. I am bordering on hated this movie. So here's my hot take for, for the episode. Um, I rolled my eyes through 90% of this film. Uh, I think it wants to be clever and weird in it certainly is weird nobody's debating that it's it's a very weird movie i just don't think it's as clever as it is it thinks it is at least for me don't mess with the bird (laughs) (laughs) this movie's so goofy i like i just i could not i i could not land myself in this film um Pattinson and Defoe are making choices. This this movie makes choices. Let's just say <laughs> well, that. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad when a movie makes choices. Sure, absolutely, 100%. Let's just say they, they did not work for me. I am in the vast minor- minority on this. Really? People love this movie. Other critics love this movie. Uh, well, people really fans. love The Witch, too, because of how, you know... "Quote unquote yeah. authentic it was." Robert to the Eggers, time. we should say, is the yes. director. Um, he, which, if you look at the witch, you know, it's the language spoken is even yeah. old English. You yeah. know, so he, I think, he really strives for authenticity uh, with his work, and 
he tries to throw in as much trippiness in that authenticity, which can be kind of contradictory. So I can yeah. see why some people won't like it. But at the same time, I really want to see this movie, man. Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Also, one film reviewer tries to maintain his sanity while watching them. Hey! That's, that's there. It should be there at the end. Uh, yeah, I the like I said, every year there's one or two where I'm just like, uh Come yeah. on. This is not for me. And it's funny because I think last year it was Willem Dafoe it was. again. It was. With the, uh, it was. Van Gogh, wasn't I it? I like Willem Dafoe. I promise. Yeah. I really do. You liked him he's, in... He's uh, in Finding Nemo. In, he was in... <laughs> he wasn't Finding Nemo. But he was in Marriage Story. Or, I mean, uh, Motherless Brooklyn, which Correct. you liked. Yes. He's much better than that. Yeah. I, look, I'm not saying Willem Dafoe is bad. I'm saying... Eggers is making such definitive, bold choices here that I... You I, have to be on board with. I think, yeah. I think you, you, yeah, you either have to get on the boat or you'll drown. And I was drowning. Hey. So... Gotta look for that lighthouse, man. Yeah, I couldn't find the lighthouse. I, I couldn't find my bearings no. on this one. So, yeah, the lighthouse was not a movie for me. However, it is a movie for a lot of people who have seen it. Uh, Uncut Gems mm. we'll go to next. I think you did get a chance to check this one out. I did. This is the first of the ones I did get to see. So, Uncut Gems, what did you think? Love it. Okay. Like, I was pretty sure you'd, you'd love this one, too. Yeah. Well, it's uh, half Safety Brothers. I'm saying it wrong. How do you pronounce their I think name? Safety Brothers. Safety right. Brothers. Yeah. Okay. You have their way of telling movies again. Like Edgar is very unique. You know, if you go back and you watch uh, uh, Good Story, Good Times, I think is what it is. The the uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh-huh. Robert Pattinson likes movies where he has to make uh, distinct choices and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. This no, he does, and yeah. it's been fun to watch him make those choices. Yeah, because didn't you do High Life, which apparently was really weird. Too? I liked I liked High Life. Okay. High Life is a good example of a weird movie that I that I found my way into um, because I liked what the story was saying. Yeah. I liked where it was, you know, taking me. So this is the most anxiety inducing movie of the year for me. Yeah, yeah, like edge of my seat. Like, what are you doing? Oh, stop it! You're giving me a panic attack by all the choices you're making. Yes, and uh, oh, Adam Sandler, this might be the best. He work like acting he's ever done yeah i don't know that i would i would argue that um i mean he's done good work in other films yeah. but he's 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 good here uh yeah i think i agree with everything you're saying well, what do you think of it i didn't like it you didn't like it <laughs> i it didn't connect to me really? uh, i i found so much of what was i found so many of the characters to be unlikable and I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't really find my way into why I cared. So if there are unlikable characters, I have to be caring about something, you know, something greater that's going on that, you know, that I can connect to. And I just, I, I never found my footing in this one. I think, um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, that's fine. But are put them, you put them there? I'll spit you, them out if I don't like them. Are you combining? unlikable and uninteresting characters because they're two very different things they are different things Uh, i think one can lead to the other okay um but but those are different things i found these characters unlikable i found most of them uninteresting i did not find adam sandler's character uninteresting i found him interesting enough um but but that's not that wasn't enough okay like i wasn't connected to you know whatever whatever was trying to go on with the story 
didn't, yeah. didn't seem deep enough for me to connect to. It didn't like I wasn't I, I wasn't spending my time thinking about oh that means this and that means like you know there just wasn't a lot to think about. This is a metaphorical a to, movie. It's a nah, it's it a straight like, up. It's it's the story you're being told is the story that right. you get. So there's not a lot to think about there. There's not yeah. a lot to root for. Like I'm just I'm having like you know we talk about the different parts of the body being engaged, right? Like yeah. the gut, the heart, and the mind. It wasn't engaging. If any, the gut. This is a gut movie. Like if it's going to engage oh, yeah. anything, it's going to engage your gut. But it wasn't even engaging that for me in a way that was fun or interesting or yeah. so. I mean, again, they make some bold choices here, yeah. some very bold choices. It's a movie about addiction, and it's about an addiction that you don't really see. It's not narcotics or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. gambling. It's right. a gambling addiction. Right. And what I found interesting is a lot of the people in this movie are playing themselves. Like, you have a couple people who are, you know... Well, you've uh, got Kevin Garnett. Who is playing is Kevin like a Garnett. major character in this movie. And uh, he does good, good work he, playing yeah, himself. I thought so, too. And you have The weekend playing The weekend, mm-hmm. um, And a lot of the people that you see in the Diamond District are, from what I gather, are actu- the actual people that work in the Diamond District. So, from... Uh, interviews I've seen with Adam Sandler, he says that the Safety brothers do this thing where if they want somebody for a specific part, they'll hire that person for that part because it's just that extra layer of authenticity that lends itself to the story. And I think that this movie is very realistic. I I think, I don't know. I feel like Indita Menzel was wasted. Um, you know, she's she can do such great work, and I just didn't feel like she was given much to do. I felt like Lakeith Stanfield was kind of wasted in this, too. Like, I don't know. I, I love those, those actors, and I just, I didn't. I don't know. I, just, I thought that Lakeith was really good in this. He's good. He's good. I just don't think he's given a lot of interesting things to do. You can't have... Just because a person has a big name doesn't mean they have to be on... Look at 1917. There are some A-list people in that movie who are on screen for, what, 30 seconds, if that? Right. I th- right. That's the exact But they're same. given a lot to do in those 30 seconds. Like, they have a lot to chew on. I don't I don't think Lakeith had much to chew on. Like, I don't know. I, it could just be a complete disconnect from the story. Okay. And that, that, that might be, at the end of the day, what it is for me. Um, I did not I did not hate this movie. Okay. Um, I just, it just didn't connect with me. It's my number four for the year. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew you'd like this one, too. Yeah. Well, I like Safety Brothers. So, and the soundtrack for this movie. Oh, I didn't even mention the soundtrack that that seventy synth, you know, soundtrack. Oh, this movie just had hit all my numbers. I agree with the soundtrack comment. Absolutely, I think the soundtrack so was good. really well done. All right, let's uh, let's rush through these these last six movies, shall we? Okay. Uh, Dark Waters. Do you know much about Dark Waters? This I was thinking Mark, underwater, but no, no, no. This is the Mark Ruffalo um, movie where he's talking about the uh, environmental. Uh, the, oh, is this? It's not technically the chemical company. Yeah, it's not technically about what's going on in a uh, Flint, Michigan, but it's kind of like Flint, Michigan, sort of thing. Well, I mean, this is this is a true story. Okay. Um, about what happened in West Virginia. Okay. Uh, tenacious West a, Virginia. A tenacious attorney uncovers a dark secret that connects a growing number of unexplained deaths to one of the world's largest corporations. While trying to expose the truth, he soon finds himself risking his future, his family, and his own life. Uh, Todd Haynes directed this. Uh, Mark Ruffalo kind of produced it and starred in it. Um, William Jackson Harper 
from uh, The Good Life, Cheaty, from The Good Life. Oh, uh, I love Cheaty. Uh, Everybody loves Cheaty. Tim Robbins is doing some great work here. I don't know if I've seen Tim Robbins stretch himself uh, as much as he does uh, in a while, at least, uh. Uh, as he does in this one. Bill Pullman, and Hathaway. Um, so it's got a great cast. Doing great work, and I enjoyed well, Bill it. Bill Pullman's in this, the president himself? The president himself, yeah. Is this day our Independence Day? Uh, <laughs> it is. I think this is one to watch. I would really? recommend this one. I, I enjoy Dark Waters. And again, it's me over here, sucker for a true story. So, yeah. you know, know that going into it. So, not to, you know, give anything away, but is Knives Out still your number one movie of the year? I don't know if I ever said Knives Out was my number one movie. You said it was in. Con- you said in it was in between that, between that and Parasite. It still is. Okay. Between that. I didn't and know Parasite. if I was like spoiling like the last couple movies. Like, and finally we get to uh, <laughs> what's one Queen and Slim we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about. Uh, yeah. Is that the only other one? Oh no no no! We've got oh. a couple. We've okay. got a couple to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Queen and Slim. Okay. Um, so Queen and Slim, I really liked. Okay. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting necessarily to, to like this. It, it strikes me as the type of movie that I don't usually, well, it's like um, a modern Bonnie and Clyde sort of, which thing. I don't usually connect to, yeah. right? Like, you know, um, uh, felons on the run is not, yeah. not my genre. Uh, but there's some intricacies and some subtleties to yeah. this story that really make it interesting to think about it really activated my heart and my brain fun fact so i think it was uh, my ancestors i'll just say because i don't know how far back it goes the were one of the uh the people who hid bonnie and clyde whenever they were uh oh yeah wow interesting so i got gangsters i don't, in I don't my, know if i should trust family. you anymore viking blood and gangster blood and <laughs> we're not even t- <laughs> I got so many stories for you, man. Like about the time that I catered a mafia. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. I, I, man, don't don't get a hit put out on me, Andrew. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I'll just say I catered a, an event for a family. A family. Yes. Very nice. Uh, back in like 2005. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> uh, Daniel Kaluuya is slim and Jody Turner-Smith is queen. Uh, pretty much this this is going to, I think, for you, depend on how much you connect to them as characters in a couple and the, the story and the themes in general. Well, and, Kaluuya's in it, so. And yeah. Cody, Cody Smith is always awesome, so I'm a... I, I really do want to see this movie. I think it looks great. It is good. Uh, the Souvenir. I don't... Do I know this one? I don't know. It's another A24 film. It's getting a little bit of buzz. And I should know because I love A24. Um, this one's actually been out for a while. Um, Nothing about this is looking Honor familiar. Honor Brian uh, Byrne, Honor Swinton Byrne plays Julie and Tom Burke plays Anthony. Tilda Swinton is in here as well. I don't have a lot to say about this. I'll just read the uh, synopsis. A shy but ambitious film student falls into an intense emotionally fraught relationship with a charismatic but untrustworthy older man. Um, I was bored during this movie. I was going to say, that sounds like the most uh, cliched story ever. How yeah. many times has that movie been made? I Yeah. I What people are connecting to, and again understand when I say I don't like a movie, it just means it's not for me. I understand that other people connect to it and have reasons they love it. And I think what they're connecting to is the aesthetics of it, the, the beauty of it, the humanity of it. I I think all of that is here. Um, I was just bored. I just, I, I I had seen it a million times before and it just, you know, it just never connected to me. So, um, same for her smell. 
which is uh, the um, uh, what's her name? Just slipped my brain. Oh, um, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Elizabeth Moss. Thanks, uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, this is kind of being bandied around pretty much just for her performance, uh, kind of similar to Renee Zellweger in Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not enjoy this movie. Uh, I think it's it's I think it's really poorly made. It it just didn't feel like it was well put together. Her performance is great. Like she's definitely embodying this punk rocker. Yeah. Um, Dan Stevens is in it, and I'm always down for some Dan Stevens. I think he's he's really great. Uh, Cara Delevingne. Uh, also doing some good work here. Uh, Becky something is a talented but self-destructive musician who seems determined to alienate everyone around her, even at the cost of her own band's success. Um, is her name really Becky something? Becky something is the character's name. Yes. Interesting. Uh, and I, I just it was it just seemed all very cliche to me, okay. so I was not connecting to it. Uh, you want to talk about Little Women? Oh, you saw bit? Little Women. I saw Little Women. And. Um, it sure is a little woman, women movie. <laughs> uh, I look. Are, I, you're not the target market. I am not the target audience for this. Uh, I love this story. I think this is a really beautiful story. Yeah. I, I, I love these characters. I just we've seen it in, in so many times. I, I just it's one of those things where it's like, why do we keep making remaking a Christmas Carol? Why do we keep remaking Little Women? Probably because they're in the public domain and it doesn't cost anything for you know yeah. companies to buy the rights. That'll do it. Um, but, uh, Greta Gerwig's great. I love Greta Gerwig. She's a great director. Lady Bird was, I'm a huge, huge, uh, Lady Bird love, you know, um, defender. And I, not that you have to defend that movie. People love that movie, but, um, (laughs) man, that Saoirse Ronan. Disciple, I guess is the right word. Yeah. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is one of my favorite actresses working. I love what she does. And she's great in this. Emma Watson is great in this. Timothy Chalamet is great in this. Well, Timothy Meryl Chalamet Streep, is just, you just have to say he's Timothy Chalamet. Have uh, you seen The King yet? I haven't, actually. I haven't I either. need to get around to that before yeah. I do my final list. Another Robert Pattinson movie. <laughs> uh, another great Laura Dern performance here. This in Marriage Story. She gives two great, great is performances. Is Meryl Streep just Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep's Meryl Streep. No. Um, I you know I take her in the laundromat over this actually if I were picking her best performance this year. Oh, um, just because of that last couple of minutes. It's well, so good. I, I think she's great in the whole movie. Um, but anyways, but uh, I mean like the reveal, you know, like oh, so you you, you really I don't written, know what you, I don't know what you're talking then you about. Really, we can we can spoil the laundromat now, can, <laughs> can we? we? I don't think so. Um, all right. Uh, so I don't know that I have much to say about this. Okay. Other than. It's Little Women done very well. I just I just didn't gather anything new from it. Okay. So, and but it's very well done. Nice. Now let's talk about my most anticipated movie of the year. Okay, what is it? Bombshell. All right, let's get into it. Uh, so how good is Megyn Kelly as an actress? <laughs> she she you know it's she's so good i yeah. you know i barely realize she's doing a charlize theron impersonation sometimes really? but uh no charlize is mind-blowing in this yeah she is mind-blowing in this and that's taking nothing away from margot robbie or nicole kidman by the way margot robbie's character in this is made up is not a real yeah, person she's, she's yeah um, I think she's a stand-in for a conglomerate of other people. I was about to say, yeah. She's a um, culmination. I will say my research in this was one of those things where I was like, ah, I think you played a little too loose with the truth here. Like, I think you're you're trying to, to make a point. Oh, to vilify. Yeah. And, okay, now, please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. 
you know, what went on in this situation was awful down the line. What I'm saying is that's why you didn't need to make stuff up. Like you, you could have stuck with yeah. just how awful the verified facts were. And there are lots of them in here that are, you know, verified testimony, I should say, yeah. of, you know, what people are saying happened. Um, that's enough. You, that, that completely vilifies these people, yeah. you know, like you, you didn't need to make up this character and invent a situation for her. Um, I don't know. That, that kind of put me off about them just a little bit. I, I really did love this movie, though, overall. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with Charlize Theron um, performance. Is she, I, a, is she just going to win? No, I don't. I don't know. Um, there, there uh, I don't. I mean, maybe. I think she'll definitely be nominated, but you know, there's who would is she supporting or lead, or would you say Margot is lead? That's what I was trying to remember. What she was, it'll say on on the screener if you got a box for it, it'll tell you what they want. Yeah, I don't think I have that one down here, but um, but I I can't remember like who she's up against or anything like that off the top of my head. But I, I do know that she should be in the conversation and the movie itself is compelling. Uh, I think you're going to feel, I could be wrong about this. Could be completely wrong about this, but man, am I getting vice vibes from this? Like the, the, the actor, you know, completely embodying a character yeah. so that the performance is stands out. And at the same time, the movie's a little quirky and weird and does make some choices, make some choices that maybe didn't happen in reality. You know, like there's, I think but Charlize is doing a Christian Bale. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And and they really I'm, right now, Charlize and Christian are doing, in my opinion, the best work. Um, I, I think I've said that I think Charlize is like the best working actress right now. Oh, it, no, I said Nicole Kidman is the best working actress <laughs> right now. That's what I was saying. Well, the <laughs> funny thing is, I mean, the, the strange thing with Charlize is, is, is so many times the work she's doing is just kind of going under the radar i think in movies like atomic blonde like I, or tully or yeah yes exactly like or so mad ma- max by the way uh, or new, even long shot a new mad max was announced so we might get to Ooh. see furiosa again oh nice so yeah anyways a uh, uh, bombshell is is really good and and definitely worth a watch but i think if you didn't like vice there may be things about this that stand out to you this uh, isn't well. um who directed Vice? No, oh, it's not. It, no, the Big Short. Um, yeah, a- Adam McKay. Yeah, yeah. It's not McKay doing this. No. Okay. Um, Bombshell was who directed Bombshell? Uh, Bombshell was directed by Jay Roach. So a similar kind of idea. Yeah. With a comedy director. Yep. You know, directing something a little more serious and true. Sweet. So there you go. Uh, we did it. We crammed. We, Is that all of them? That's that's all of them. Whoa. That's, that's the entire cram session that we're going to get through today. And um, don't forget, we're going to be going in-depth on a couple of these. Like, yeah, they'll get I their own so. full episode. I yeah. think we have to for at 1917. Least, at least their own Sif spoil. Yeah. Where we can talk a little more in-depth. Um, why don't you give me, because I've been talking nonstop and my voice is going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> give me your uh, buried treasure. What do you got? So, uh, I said that I was going to be talking about Watchmen later. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a comic series called The Doomsday Clock, which combines the DC universe with the Watchmen universe. And it is beyond fascinating because it's all about Doctor Manhattan versus Superman. That's I, I know that's a 
for people who have read it, that's the most oversimplified, you know, version of what this comic is about. But mainly it's like after the events of Watchmen, which you've seen the movie, not the TV show, but you've seen the Watchmen movie. Right. That's a really close adaptation as much as I'm okay. Uh, that movie's actually kind of growing on me. I still think it's the worst soundtrack for a movie ever. But uh, it's it, that's so much closer to what the, the graphic novel is than the show. Um, it's all taking place after the, after the events of the, the graphic novel. And uh, Ozymandias is like, oh, I was wrong. We got to find Dr. Manhattan and uh, bring him back and fix the world. Well, Dr. Manhattan has left that universe for the DC universe. Mm. So it's all about them trying to get everybody back and to fix the worlds. And uh, it's a 12-part series. Part 12 is coming out later this month, I believe. So I've read the first 11. And just, I don't know if it's recency bias, but it might go down as one of my favorite graphic novels ever. Nice. It is phenomenal. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm all of a sudden interested in Watchmen stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of fascinating. But I think I would go back and read the original just Watchmen graphic novel before, you know, I would go into any other I would recommend parts. it. There, there's definitely uh, differences in uh, the movie as opposed to the graphic novel, whereas in the graphic novel uh, or in the movie, they cut out the giant squid monster. Ah. from space interesting yeah fascinating uh all right i guess it's uh my turn yeah. for my buried treasure how's uh, your voice holding up <laughs> it's okay we'll make it through the buried treasure right. uh i'm going to talk about encore a little more i know i've mentioned this show but i don't know yeah, if i've yeah, officially yeah. done it as a buried treasure now that it's out and i've i've watched it i think i think you mentioned it whenever we were just doing our general thoughts on disney plus yeah yeah i think that's when i mentioned it yeah um man i love this show uh i <laughs> It's like, I hope everybody gets a chance in their life to feel like a TV show was designed with them in mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what this show feels like for me. It's like, really? there can't be that many people interested in this. But it's specifically exactly the the genre of creative thing that I want to see. Uh, yeah, it, it combines the, the beauty of humanity that I love from reality television, where real people are just having real conversations with her. In this case, it's like high school reunion type stuff, where yeah. there's that awkwardness to it, but also that reality of, you meant so much to me during this part of my life, and now we never even talk. Like, what is that? Like, you know, yeah. like it explores that a little bit. Um, so that part of it is, is designed for me. Kristen Bell, like her, her joy, like, you know, the joy she takes in the stuff she does and like, that's designed for me. And I'm a musical lover. Like, and yeah. I was in musicals in high school. Like this, it's just, what musicals did you do? Um, I don't even, Oklahoma, I mean, Wizard of Oz, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Who are you and, and Fiddler on the and Roof? Then, and then some play. Well, Fiddler was, I was in eighth grade and it was the high school musical. So I was like a townsperson or oh, okay. that kind of thing. Um, if I were a rich and then, man, yeah, and then mostly I did uh, plays uh, in college and high school. Me too. Um, but anyhow, so it's, it's just kind of designed for me and I'm having such a good time with it. Uh, it's funny. It's, uh, it's awkward. It's, I don't know. It's just great. So. Nice. But again, you kind of have to be me to think it's great. So <laughs> if you're me, yeah. check out Encore. 
Uh, well, we did it, Andrew. Yeah, we did. You did it. <laughs> my voice. I held was up. here for the ride. <laughs> my voice held up just yeah. barely. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us on Sif Pop today. Uh, we had a good time. We hope you did as well. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show thanks, from the other room, uh, both the audio and video show. Uh, we thank Phil for doing that. Uh, Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network, so if you want to know more about the other shows on the network, you can go to studiodna.media or just search for Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to become a Sift Pop member, you can give monthly to make Sift Pop even better just go to patreon.com slash pop and sports starts at three bucks a month you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks uh including a monthly video hangout mm-hmm. uh, which will be next week uh you can find out more at patreon.com slash pop lots of ways to connect with the podcast you can leave a comment uh rating uh review all that stuff at your podcast player of choice uh, or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com if you have any questions or comments. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than watching 22 movies in a single week. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, probably some more in-depth reviews of this stuff, um, yeah. including Jumanji, probably. We'll probably take a look at Jumanji next week as nice. well. So We'll see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.